to uh, episode 15 of the Map 5 podcast, uh, the podcast that brings you all the news from Tier 2 and beyond. You may notice that we are a little bit different in our lineup today. That is, of course, because it is Themapaloozan, uh, Themapaloozan, that's the German word for it, Themapalooza, day one. And we have Ferenish from Ultiora Gaming joining us. Unfortunately, Billy has been taken ill at the last second, so it is just the four of us on screen today. Uh, Ferenish, welcome to the broadcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, hey, yeah, um, I'm Fire. Uh, I run this organization, Altiora, uh, and outside of that, I'm also like a little bit of a generalist. I dabble in a bunch of things, and it's like an absolute pleasure to be on here and be chatting to you. Well, it's, it's very kind of you to give up your time to come and talk to us. I know that Altiora are in the middle of trying to organize their own Pride Cup at the minute, and uh, things might have been, you know, a, a little bit stressful today, so we appreciate you taking the time. So, um... In order to get things moving quickly and give you a little bit of a chance to rest, we're going to try and blast through our news items today. And uh, I've just realized that actually we've got a lot of these that haven't been picked by any to talk about yet. So, I, told, um, I, told, I told Jeff to take <laughs> yeah. whatever he wanted and I'll just take the... the okay, the other. well, look, let's, let's, let's blast off here with a chance to introduce... Uh, we actually finally have a graphic for this. It is, of course, the Nata News segment. Yes. Uh, favorite, a favorite recurring character here on the Map 5 podcast. A uh, couple of uh, bits of NATA news here. Uh, first of that being that the project that NATA is involved with, Rank Up, are having their first boot camp. Uh, so that's going to be June 30th, a three-week-long boot camp, which is NATA and, of course, um, other contenders coach, John underscore. Um, follow the link on screen there. We'll retweet this after the broadcast. So you can go and have a look at that one and see if that's maybe right for you. I'll retweet uh, this right ooh. now. Boom. Yeah, go on. Get it done. Boom. Uh, and the other one is, uh, well, actually, the other one we can throw directly over to Ethan as he appears to have selected this in the downtime. Oh, yeah, because I had a really good joke about this in our call time. So, oh, um, so we had the, the, the Nat or Kitten Cup, and they've made this a 1v1 tournament, which I think is shocking. I think something called the Kitten Cup in an esports community surely has to be a 2v2 tournament, right? Like missed opportunity. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, and we we had some good. We be like you can you can force people to play on different new kinds. You you've got a couple of suggestions. We won't say the one that I suggested um, in call Jeff, time, we, but we can should we move zoom on out a little bit because uh, Saturday, June twenty sixth, is not a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think they do right, make so... this correction uh, here in, in there we the go, post. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they even made a new graphic for it too. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's nice. the, that's the appropriate day. Okay. There we go. Uh, so, so the kitten cup is on is on a Saturday as well. So you're going to have all of the available editors as well. I just don't know why it's not two v two term. I'm disappointed. Nata, come on. Well, I mean, should have I mean, read the room better. Yeah, Nata has done. I think in recent memory a, a Farum Mercy tournament. Maybe he thought that was uh, we, we've done the two v two effectively. Time to move on and do the one v one. Yeah. Regardless, oh, oh, I'm just disappointed. I think missed opportunity, but it's a good, it's a good cause. It's a good tournament, and it's Nata, so we got to yeah, yeah. put it on the stream, right? So yeah, exactly. Rules uh, are rules. We we are like maybe two or three episodes away from just doing an entire episode of would what whatever Nata has tweeted. We'll just do a rundown, like a, a rewatch podcast <laughs> yes, of Nata's of, Twitter, of twi Twitter feed. You, you could do like a, like a, you know like people like do like content compilations after a couple of episodes, like yeah. Nata news compilation. 
like after I like every, it. Every, By the way, I I did get Natter's permission to use uh, his logo on this. So in case oh, there's any concerns out there, yeah, this it is official. It is sanctioned. Uh, by, by the big brain himself. Lawyer-filled viewership just waiting to drag us down for <laughs> uh, Alright, moving forward. Uh, we do have a, an Overwatch LAN uh, coming up this summer, put on by uh, Will English the Fourth. So that one's going to be July 30th and 31st. I believe it's right at the end of Summer Series A. Uh, it's, yeah. It's Roughly, like yeah. Yeah, I, I think he actually put out a tweet a little while after that to the effect of, um, you know, oh, cool, we got these dates, and actually that works out really nicely for the for the Overwatch LAN. Um, that should be good. Um, he's he's run a few of these. I think he's he's by and large got this pretty much locked down now. It's going to be at one of the Belong arenas. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Belong Very cool. arenas. I yeah. um, did a did a lot of work for them back in the UK when I still live there. Um, so yeah, should be good fun. Keep your eyes peeled for more info as and when it happens. I know uh, he tweeted about they're expecting, I think fingers crossed, but uh, high expectations to get the 32 team mark, which would knock the prize pull up to 2K. So yeah, that's, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, always love to see a good Phil. land, potentially the, the last <laughs> land on Overwatch 1. Phil, do you want to uh, talk I'd... about that? Uh, I, I don't think it's appropriate to talk about what's going on behind the scenes. Here. <laughs> it's not. We'll just, I, we'll I, just, uh, I we'll just move on it. with this one. So this one, this <laughs> one, you actually, like, you, we have a bone to pick with you as a podcast here, Ethan. Because yeah, go you, on. you, you plat chatted us on this news point. Like this announcement so came plat chatted us a, a couple of days after our. Last I told episode. you I was doing it though. I told oh, yeah, you that it's it's, yeah. it's fun to drag you over the coals here. So, but yeah, by all means, go and go and talk about this. Oh, this is uh, this is really cool. So essentially, so we were in Contenders Korea last season. My, my organization. And who's who's we even? Yeah, Incendia, my my organization. I talked about them every episode randomly. Um, and we were in Contenders Korea last season. Essentially, going into this season of Contenders, we we had no projects up until uh, about ten days ago. Uh, not only have two. Great. All right. Um, didn't mean to say that. Um, if you didn't catch the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant to say that we have this one, and I'm like a little bit shook. I need Spill to, like, the tea okay. out here. Right, so, but um, essentially, okay, this no, came about. your own team. This. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, what happened was I got contacted by the head coach, uh, CEO. He had already good, really good working relationship, but before with because uh, our team last season was contracted they were all paid each month for the competition time of contenders career and they were like can we use the incendia branding um essentially and can we can we represent the incendia brand I went, okay sure 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 we, we had to come to some some sort of agreement i'm like we can't we can't pay they're uncontracted so any organizations who are able to go and pay come and take this roster i want what's best for them um they're good people good players and uh, work really hard uh if Demonstrated by wins against uh, against Gen G and Team CC last year, and I've got to have them with us for however long it um, is necessary. And good good roster, a couple of players, you know, from XO2 Academy and O2 Blast, uh, and also look, everyone loves Anacast, so yeah, that's a that's a big thing for me. Uh, also having Anacast back as well, and um, if you if you're looking like for a player, uh, Songwoo is very 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 good, or sorry, Esther. Is, is very, very, very good. So uh, look out for them this season. Uh, additionally, with this, we, we made some staff uh, additions, which we, we uh, can talk about. We have user intel uh, for oh, content yeah. coming in. Um, very passionate guy in the scene. He did a really cool uh, like announcement video. Uh, we have uh, Elijah coming back. 
uh, to to help us with some general manager stuff um, between, I guess I can say both of our projects now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, someone called Fuck It Super, or as I know them, Frosty, coming in for social medias, and another person who didn't do their announcement uh, because Wait, they hey, were meant sorry, to. Sorry, just re- rewind. Uh, did you say Fuck It Sue and Sue? No, Fuck It Super. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, different person, different person. Different. And then also, we have one other social media person who didn't announce it, uh, or they were like they just didn't want to. It's okay. Who is an ex contenders trials main tank called Adam? Uh, he used to play for HSL in Europe. So yeah, oh. that's where we're at. So uh, staffing wise, I'm really excited for this project, and uh, yeah, very very smiley because it was looking pretty Oops. doom and gloom until ten days ago. Yeah, and we're giving the credit there to Nata for that one. What? <laughs> uh, I, I know you're I not watching the preview, on, but the Nata yeah. news thing came back up on screen. So. That was my fault. That's my S tier producing. Uh, full I effect. wish Nata would talk about my team. Nata doesn't love me enough. <laughs> but no, that's, that, that's really cool, Ethan. We're all very happy for you. Um, yeah, but I, I've only been talking about that exclusively the past couple of days, and yeah, I will it's continue been, it's been to pretty that. insufferable. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I look forward to seeing seeing what they've got in store. Looking forward, looking forward to some Korean contenders, no doubt. Yeah. Um, we'll have another Korean contenders roster coming up soon. But before that, let's talk about uh, some NA Collegiate, as we do have an announcement coming in from David Kurt. Redbird Esports is is hiring for a coach for both Rocket League and League of Legends, uh, and. This is, though these games aren't necessarily within the purview of this podcast, this is just a big move for Collegiate overall. And obviously, Redbirds are a big player in, in the Overwatch Collegiate scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought this was definitely worth mentioning. Uh, and yeah. I feel like this is just an important step in, in pushing forward the legitimacy uh, of Collegiate Esports. And so, you know, big props to them for, for properly paying their people, you know, kind of following that trend. Uh, and, and really... Uh- Allowing for being full careers in, in collegiate coaching. Yeah. And being open with how much, you know, they're paying people, which helps pe- other people in collegiate esports to go, oh, you, know, you know, we should probably be paying around that amount too, right? You know, uh, kind of kind of stops the, the acceptance of under, under, underpaying staff as well. Yeah, Absolutely. And the other thing is, like, if, if you look at the way the, so the League of Legends coach position is 21 hours a week, Rocket League is full-time, those two values are commensurate across the game. Um, and that means we can kind of expect that's what the Overwatch coaching staff are getting as well here. Like, and that's that's great for the scene. We we like people that we like making money. That's super cool and fun. Agreed. Yeah. It's a shame we don't make any. Well, yeah. yeah. Showcasters. <laughs> that's, in, that's in our lot. Yikes. It to be a fine thing. A fine thing in deep. Oh, um, okay, we are moving topics again here. Um, recently, Harrisburg University Esports announced their Invitational. This is the third year they've run this. And it's the first year it's not just been an Overwatch program. So they've had this uh, a couple of different times in a couple of different formats. Um, but yeah, they've now got an online qualifier followed by a live in-person main event coming up. Uh, or, or It's actually July through September this thing runs between registration and the actual final events. 
Um, I know we're all super excited to see what that ends up looking like and who gets involved. Um, if anybody's watching, I do only live 90 miles from Harrisburg University. Just take that into account when you're looking for staff, please. That'd be I'll, greatly appreciated. I'll take a bus up there if I can castle in. Yeah. Like, I'll, I will yeah, hitchhike just, up just there ride, if I can castle just, in. I'm just, just saying. Just fly me over. <laughs> Look, I, actually, uh, I would love to cast a sort of, but unfortunately, it costs at least $1,200 more than any other caster, like, not Worth including reds. Worth everything. Uh, I don't think so, but Worth especially with there's so many great Americans held on tight there right now. Yeah. And British talent in America. Thank you. I, I appreciate being included <laughs> in that one. Um, you know okay. how much I've liked be already. Come on. I know. I know, friend. I know. <laughs> um, let's let's keep rattling on through because uh, I'm, I'm aware that like we are a little bit holding through in hostage here. Of, like You yeah, will yeah, sit through our news fine. items. <laughs> Um, so the next one, Get Amazed. Uh, as you know, we're all pretty big fans of Get Amazed here and have been amazed for them for a, uh, for a long time now. Announced he is still with Team Pets, but is putting together a uh, passion project, a personal project on the side uh, with some really interesting requirements for someone who is an assistant coach, um, like someone who is curious and professional. Uh, I've met a lot of people in the Overwatch space. Um, I know some curious people. Um, but that's more curious ha-ha than curious uh, interesting. <laughs> and professionalism is also very difficult to find, so best of luck in finding that. Um, but it looks like he's already got a lot of applicants here, so I'm interested to see what this ends up being, because I think getting a chance to work with Get Amazed should be quite a good opportunity for any yeah. aspiring coach. I love the comment here, how he takes the time to go in and actually say, hey, I've received uh, a lot of applicants and I will read every single one uh, and since, you know, there's examples given and he's going through and acknowledging all the examples that have been provided and saying, I'll get back to you as soon as he can. I just thought that was really cool. That's uh, a very, very yeah. kind aspect of professionalism. Yeah. I mean, it's more than like actual companies. I'll give you if you fail a job interview. <laughs> yeah. Sad, but true mood. Like, uh, like, it's good about transparency. Cause otherwise you think you're applying. He's like, my message, right? It's be quite, upsetting but then you know you have that sort of transparency and then you can take a weight off your shoulders as well good for the mental um moving forward we do have a another i don't know how i got this topic because i don't speak well, german but so th this is this is the main reason i included this in the show because i thought billy was going to be here and i knew that he would enjoy over pronouncing all of this german just hit translate tweet uh where do i hit uh, that I, I i think i think the important thing here is um <laughs> That it's a community tournament. So uh, those of you that don't know Nozarino, um, pretty big streamer in Germany. He has sort of moved over and done some English language stuff because, as most people on the continent seem to, he speaks perfectly fluent English. Um, but he has a very large and very active community uh, over in in Germany, and he's having a beta beta Overwatch tournament um, the start of next month. In point of fact, um, yeah, that should be good. Uh, it's, it's not often that we get to talk much about what's going on in other language regions of this game yeah we don't really do that too much i mean we've talked a bit about the french community when talking about peps at some point but nothing really in depth now and of course we'll be uh we'll be on overwatch too yes so it's an important thing to note if that wasn't obvious enough with the junker queen being being on the, <laughs> the promo there yeah looking forward to that um okay we are nearing the end of our news segment here um we, we don't have all of the information on this, exactly what this is going to look like, but uh, Akash, main tank player, is gearing up to put on what he's called a big and beautiful tournament, specifically aimed at um, 
players, uh, yeah, players go two hundred and fifty pounds plus with a one k prize pool. We don't know if this is going to be broadcast. We don't know if this is going to be like just. A, we don't even know if it's really going to happen. Like he says, he's serious, but organizing a tournament as a Firin, I'm, I'm sure you will uh, agree, is is difficult. <laughs> difficult work. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think both myself and Billy went in and went. Oh, we meet that criteria. Would you like some casters? Um, <laughs> so we will be we will be keeping an eye on that one because I think that could be a lot of fun. It should make for some interesting rosters as well. Like I think there is this idea of like. Uh, yes, a lot of gamers are, are big people because we don't move much, and whilst that's true in some cases, like it's not everybody, not by a long stretch. Like, so there won't be many oh, like, established teams coming into this. I would, I would say, like that, we kind of moved past that stereotype. I would say, like a lot of gamers would dis- you would suspect are like overly thin, mm, right? Scrawny, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you see a lot of them, yeah, yeah, ocean esque. But- I'm not. I'm not sure about me, I? I stood up like, oh, you would, I, uh, you would see that. I, I'm like, I, I put on a better weight than last year, at least. Thank well, you. Congratulations. I, I you. love the idea of a of a tournament to celebrate body positivity and yeah. loving yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's an awesome idea. It's not something I don't think we've ever seen before in the Overwatch space. Um, I can't speak for for other titles. So I, I mean, just what a cool idea and. Uh, I gotta, I gotta give you know a round of applause to Cash for even, even dreaming this up and and yeah, yeah. trying to push it forward and and to create a whole tournament around it with a with a decent prize pool to boot. So, yeah, definitely worth talking about and keeping an eye Absolutely. on. So we'll keep you updated once we have more details on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ocean, I think you're up. I, I am up. Have you got it on the screen? Because I've got a big smile on my face. Um, because Talon, I have given us uh... sensitive content. Yep. <laughs> oh, Talon have given us um, give us given us some additions to their roster. We well, went to Talon's roster a little bit ago and thought, you know, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Didn't look quite finished, and here are the finishing points. Mm. I I think Talon have always been a team where, you know, they get results because they're so good at developing talent, um, and I admire them a lot for that because that's like sort of similar to to Zendia's goal, developing talent and progressing them. And that's what Talon. I've done. I mean, they've also competed at the top in a lot of games as well themselves. Um, but I really like it. And speaking of, and the reason I kind of bring up Incendia with this one is Top Dragon is here. Uh, one of our uh, superstars from last season, Korean Contenders, uh, is actually on this roster. And that really mm. excites me and, and gives me a little bit of validation. Uh, unfortunately, we've never had any players go up to Overwatch League from last season. But we've got, we had two players go to T1 and, and a player go to the Tower. And going from tier what was a tier three Korean team to a tier two Korean team and now going to T one or Taiwan, which are major organizations in esports, is a lot bigger of a move than people would think. Like a lot of people in the West would look at this as going, Oh yeah, you're going from another contenders team to another Yeah, these boys will be getting paid, you know? Right. Yeah, they'll be getting paid yeah. good monthly salaries and they'll be representing a major brand that's worth millions. You, you wouldn't be doing that in, in the West, unfortunately. It's just how it is. But Certainly that's not. That's um, that's a very big move for them. So it kind of gives us a little bit of validation now that we've had Justice Serp as a manager go to Benfera, uh, a Peach and Frong go to T1, and we've had not not Tier One but T1, um, <laughs> and Top Dragon go to Talon. So th- those are like steps that we can be really really happy with and say that we're guiding talent forward, which is our entire company's goal. And that makes me really smiley. So I'm actually a little bit more smiley about Top Dragon going to Talon than us announcing our own roster because me seeing them with me is kind of like sad because I want them to go further. Sure. 
with yeah, me. You don't want them stuck down here with you, and I, I can sympathise with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, genuinely, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. I mean, that's you're talking about a team that has taken first place in both of the uh, Korean Contenders events, or the that were featuring those kind of teams, featuring O2 Blast and T1 and uh, Jinji. Uh, Talent took first place in both of the, the the ten special matches that we saw back in March and April, uh, yeah. and the three new pickups we saw everybody else in this roster that's currently on your screen aside oh, from those slay slay's new... a player i'd love to talk about slay yeah. was uh grand zero at one point right um yeah, but yeah played in australian uh, contenders my notes. good player really good player like mechanically good really good and i think a lot of players in the west know a bit about slay and just because they're so mechanically good so um look out for that Okay. Yeah, Tugan, I could not find anything on. So I, I, Tugan, I have I'm no idea. I have no idea where they found I personally don't don't know much either. Uh, I did ask a couple of questions to a couple of people, but uh, let's, that usually means they're cracked out of ranks, and that's scary. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what that usually means, right? Well, I found um, like like Knife competed in Open Division in Korea. It's, it's called Open Test. Um, yeah. Under T1 rookies, uh, Seonjun. Oh, you're at all least... these people. Played in contender specific. O2 Academy and T1 rookies. That's 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 something we'll see because uh, they had some really good talents. That because you aren't denied um, a team in two teams in the same contenders region, you know, for obvious region uh, reasons, you'll see a lot of these talents get picked up by other teams. Attack is also one to keep an eye on. Uh, Attack is the only returning member from last year where Talon took second place both seasons. Um, I actually want to talk about Attack. Just one minute. One quick minute on Attack. Because Attack I'll give you 30 is... 30 seconds. One minute. Uh, attack is a player, you know, who is up and down and up and down. Like, sometimes you see them as potentially, you know, the next one to go up to Overwatch, like, especially in, like, the off-tank role. And sometimes you're like, mm, I'm not quite sure that they're even contenders level, right? Like, that, that's what Attack is. If Attack brings consistency to their game, They'll be a big player this season. I want to see that. That's a thing to highlight. Like, something to watch if you're watching Korean contenders this season. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed. Good to know. Yeah. Was that okay. in a minute? That was, was less than a minute. Well done. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm impressed by. <laughs> now, we're going to drag it out to a minute by complimenting you on getting it in, in under a minute. But we finally, towards the back of the news items, we actually have something that we would uh, like for in to properly weigh in on because we mentioned this last week. Uh, this weekend is Ultiora Pride Cup. So, uh, Firid, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, sure. So, Ultiora is doing Pride Cup for the second year now. Uh, we did it last year, and we thought it was a really fun event, so we're doing it again. Uh, and it's essentially just a tournament which is intended to be only for, like, LGBTQA plus players. Uh, so, the idea is that we can, like, really showcase LGBTQA plus talent, and we can say, show people, like, how much of it there is in the scene and like how there really are like a lot of like very, very good um, LGBT players who are like, you know, available to be to be picked up or to be like developed. Um, and so that's like uh, one of the goals. And then obviously the other goal here is this year we're raising money for charities. So we're trying to raise money for this uh, charity called the LGBTQ uh, Freedom Fund, which is a bail fund. Uh, and typically uh, we try to like really vet our charities and, uh, make sure that like we're raising money for causes that are like going to do like a lot of good with like like a lot of evidence of impact and stuff. Um, and bail funds we think are like uh, really effective because essentially it's uh, a fund where 
uh, in the US, if somebody is um, in like immigration detention, for instance, so, like let's say like they've uh, immigrated into the country and they're like awaiting a hearing to see whether they can claim asylum or whether they like immigrated uh, illegally, um, they're often like kept in jail unless they can pay like a specific amount of money uh, to see if they're going to make their court dates. Um, and a lot of those people wow. like the probability that they actually will make their court dates is like very, very high, but because they can't put up that specific amount of money, uh, they're kept in jail. And that like creates very, very bad outcomes because it means that like ahead of their court date, they're not able to like uh, talk to a lawyer and like spend time at home with their families and like really prepare in the best way for, for that case. Um, so what bail funds do is they put up that money uh, just so that, the, and that has like an immediate positive impact of allowing that person to get out of detention. Um, but then the more important thing is like when that person does attend their court dates, uh, the money is returned. So whenever you donate money to a bail fund, that money gets used like again and again and again. Uh, and just continues like improving people's lives, uh, which is like a very efficient, very like effective way of, of doing charity. Uh, so it's uh, very much like a charity that's going to help like the most vulnerable uh, LGBTQ uh, populations, like especially like immigrants, um, people of color. And we thought that was like something that's really important. So we're hopefully going to raise a bunch of money for them and also like showcase some amazing like LGBT talent. It was really fun last year, so definitely tune into the streams this weekend. Uh, we're only allowed to stream when Overwatch League isn't streaming, so we'll be streaming like in between the Overwatch League yeah. matches. But then the matches that we're not allowed to stream, we're actually going to be recording them, and then we should be releasing those as VODs um, later during the week. So definitely like stay, stay tuned for those. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, one other thing, where can people uh, contribute to this donation-wise if, um, if they want to do that? Uh, so there's a Tiltify link in, if you look at the original tweet where we announced this, um, if you click on the handbook, the Tiltify link is in there. We're going to be tweeting it out separately, sort of like uh, when the stream starts. Um, and there'll also be like a command on the stream where if you do like exclamation mark donate, um, you'll be able to get the link. So like if you just scroll down to, uh, I think there's an important link section. Yeah, there right go. there. Uh, and you'll see the Tiltify link there. Uh, so we are going to be tweeting that out like specifically. Uh, just like when we think it's going to get like the most attention, so we will be tweeting that out like as the tournament starts. Um, and hopefully, like do do donate like if you can afford to donate because I think it's a really good cause. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we'll be sure to to amplify that as much as we can here as well. Wishing you all the success in that one because uh, yeah, it, it like in in terms of like not just picking a charity but picking a charity without such a big impact i think that's phenomenal work and we're more than happy to do even what little bit we can to support that uh, good work all I'm told drop, uh, dropping that link in chat we'll also have it in description um yeah we'll we'll do our best to to get that out there hell yeah cool uh so i think uh, we we've kind of we've not even mentioned this because my view is this is such a big topic it deserves its own episode which it really I think we'll does. probably do next week um, yeah, that's but what we do finally have the uh, Overwatch Contenders Path to Pro format update here. Um, I think we can get like a Cliff Notes version of this in, um, but it uh, definitely needs picking apart properly next week. I, I want to quickly bring up that I think that the, the announcement was poorly done. I think that the timing of the announcement, you know, the, the actual statement said, you know, on a specific date, the, on, the only time it was that day it was in america and on a global product where you have five regions only one apologies my audio okay sorry 
I just had a tech issue here that messed with the audio. It's the difficulty of having a product. Well, um, then you shouldn't have advertised it as 21, It's the problem of having a global problem. Come on. Global product uh, effectively managed from the west coast of NA is that, like, it does put it towards the back end of the day for a lot of people. I completely understand like, why you might be a little frustrated with that. I think in the in the grand scheme of things, I don't feel like it's the most um, impactful aspect of that. But we can we can maybe hash that out a bit more on. Um, oh, uh, I'm 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 severely unhappy about it. Oh yeah, oh. no, we, we we got that impression. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not happy. Uh, you see, my, my audio cut angry, out, which means thinking about it. Streams audio cut out, but uh, yeah, essentially uh, the timing of it was was not conducive to anybody else in the world except for NA. Is is what Ocean's yes bottom point? Yeah, was. but you had like journalists in in Korea where esports is a big thing, right? Staying up because they they said a date, not a, not a time on said date. If they said like four p.m. PST, the people would you know not have this problem but you when you've got journalists in different regions staying up to to give this news then that's a problem i think there should have been a time with the with the thing and i think to put a date and then only have it for one of your regions i think it's very selfish and stubborn it's global products act like it's one okay your objections have been noted and will be held against you in future discussions (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's a global product act like it yeah yeah farine um we we actually have like a bit of a realization coming into the light because the way we know Altiora Gaming is we know Altiora Gaming as they're a contenders team. That's clearly the biggest part of, of what you guys do. And we'll get into this like a little bit more uh, in the following section. But um, as someone involved with, was the founder of Altiora, in point of fact, um, and that you have a contenders team, um, is the path to pro meeting your expectations? Or is this maybe like a little bit too granular for someone who is more of a like, higher level figure in the org? Um, well, I don't want to say like too much like specific. I think there's like some aspects uh, that are really exciting um, and some aspects that could like definitely be improved. So for instance, like I think a lot of people were quite disappointed by the announcement that it's going to be on game battles because a lot of us have had like uh, bad experience with, with game battles, but like obviously we'll, we'll see how it gets handled um, and see if that needs to uh, go under topics for next feedback. week. What's I say? I was saying that needs to go under our topics for next week because that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's like, obviously, uh, I definitely get the impression that like, you know, there's people at like Blizzard uh, trying to, to do good things and like possibly like they might be uh, not able to do like everything they want to do. Uh, it's something that like, I don't know how... I would have like managed it myself if like I was like running this because obviously you want to balance like it's a new game you want to like potentially like let more people uh, from sort of like uh, tier three get a chance to like move up into contenders but you also don't want to sort of like uh, betray like commitments that were made like to like 2021 contenders teams Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's like something that they just have to balance right Um, and I think like trying to like open it up into this like big like uh 64 team bracket before like closing it back down into like an 18 contenders like at its heart like that's uh, a good idea um i think there's like just a lot of like aspects of like execution that a lot of people have some issues with 
Yeah, I, I think that's probably quite a fair and balanced way of, of putting that. I think uh, it's equally easy to get swept up in the yay, we finally get something like Contenders back, as it is to get swept up in the, the negativity of like the fact that there are issues with like, like the fact that some of the games are happening on weekdays, which like yeah, no. limits the involvement of oh, younger I players who have school and what have you. Satisfied with the fact that you know we were kind of only expecting information on one contender tournament, and we got technically two. Like, I'm satisfied with that. Yeah. Uh, and for being a new game, I thought the principles, you know, they made a lot of sense. So yeah. there are some positives to take out of it. Um. I, I just uh, I just think that the negatives also are there, and we, we need to kind of note them, and then hopefully as a community make sure that the, it's fed back well, and uh, you know most importantly fed back constructively, and then we get to a situation where we have the best product for everyone. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh, looking forward to actually picking this apart again a little more in depth next week. Uh, but of course, the focus of today is the first first episode of what we are jokingly referring to as Dama Palooza. Um, so we will get into a little bit of uh, sort of Farine's background and, and what you do in the scene. Um, I wanted to just start this off by saying that, like, um, without me, I don't want to make this about me. So please don't even put me up on the on the full screen. Just keep it in the in the four way four. It's very frustrating to watch the way in which um, countries around the world are attempting to legislate out of existence. Our, our our trans brothers and sisters um and i can't do much uh, I, I don't have any political power i don't have the money to bankroll um sweeping changes that kind of thing but i do have a one quarter stake in a podcast and i think the very least we can do is is yeah. platform some people from the community um just to to hear a little about your perspective and and what life has been like for you as a member of the trans community in the esports space so farine again thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in uh, Overwatch or esports in general? Yeah, um, I mean, sure. I mean, I mean that might start with a little bit of like a, a confession, I guess, in that like I, when I was like younger, I pretty much always uh, hated video games. Um, what? Especially music. <laughs> I, what? Like, Hang on. Well, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> like, so I... So, like, as a kid, like, I did, like, I did horse riding, I did judo, archery, like, scouts, um, I tried, like, I, I, I liked books, I, like, read and wrote a lot, um, and, like, I think, like, a couple of my cousins tried to introduce me to stuff like Call of Duty, uh, and I would pick up the controller, and I was literally, like, unable to even, not even, like, unable to hit enemies, but I was unable to consistently, like, point my camera at the enemies, like, I'd be looking at the sky, staring at the ground, I'd be, like, walking my camera, like, the, the wrong direction, like, I couldn't even steer well enough to, like, consistently, like, exit a doorway, like, I'd be walking into door frames, walking into walls, like, like I, I was hopeless, right, and so, like, I, I had a couple experiences when I was, like, you know, 15, 16, 17, where, like, I'd try video games, I'd play it for, like, 20 minutes, and then I'd be like, nah, I'm, I'm going back to playing Pokemon on my DS, like, and that's about as, as much video games as I'm, as I'm able to do. Um, and then, like, back in 2016, like, I was just starting university, and when I came home from term time, like, my brother was, like, constantly, like, running up and down the hallway, like, slapping the wall, being like, you, you, doing little zork noises, and, like, <laughs> pretending to recall back to the kitchen, and he's like, I'm Tracer! And, like, I have like, some week of, <laughs> putting up with this uh i'm like all right what is this all about um and my brother introduced me to this game overwatch uh and i just remember like i liked it because it felt like it was trying to make me happy like all these like cool duty games like they all felt very like there's mud and grime and there's like realistic gunfire and you're fighting nazi zombies in grayscale uh and then there was overwatch which was like there's a lesbian on the cover and like 
more importantly, like Tracer feels like she's trying to make you happy, you know? Like she's like, yeah, the cavalry's here, let's go. And like Apex and Valorant weren't like out back then. And so like Overwatch, like it felt really different. Um, and so like whenever I was home from university, I kept like kicking my brother off his PC and playing this game because there was just, um, <laughs> it, it, honestly, like, there was something like really addictive. Uh, and I apologize, my it's the colors. Never, okay. it's never normally this bad. Like this is unusual levels of like bad internet for me, but like, so like, there was just something really addictive about the process of being like really astonishingly bad at something. Um, I don't quite know how to explain that. Like, I was I was always that kid where like you know you get put in like gifted and talented classes or whatever, and then you'd never do any work because you have crippling ADHD. Uh, and so everyone's like, wow, there's like so much like wasted potential or whatever. And then Overwatch was like, out of everything I tried in like my entire life, the thing I was worst at. Like, it just does not square with my brain. Like, and there's something awesome about that, right? Like, like you start off like going months and months, like just playing Mercy against AI because my brain literally can't like, like judge distances on the screen, right? Like my reaction times are like five to seven working days uh, and, and trying to like, <laughs> trying to pick out like an enemy as like a, a moving red shape against like all these busy backgrounds with particle effects and like the different sounds in the game. And like, uh, for me as like a person with like a lot of autistic sensory issues, uh, it kind of feels like you're playing Where's Waldo in like the front row of a punk rock concert. Like I'm like, where where's the enemy? Like even like the they're 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 in front of me and they're shooting me and I'm dead. Um so like I, I can't play Overwatch, like even slightly. And to me that was just like catnip. Like the process of like slowly figuring out something that you're so bad at, you think you're never gonna be able to do it. Uh and then like I got to like six hundred SR, I think, um, like six hundred and ninety as like a Zen one trick. Mm -hmm. Um and I was completely hooked on that. So that that was that was the start of like my Overwatch journey. Was I was so so bad at Overwatch that it just felt really good to be able to eke out like even the smallest successes. Yeah, the the way you've described that is like uh, imagine the world's hardest jigsaw puzzle where all the pieces are blank, but like the opposite yes. of that in terms of input stimuli. But that's re that's really interesting because I I don't think we have ever all the pieces yell at you, and when you try to put them in a jigsaw, they like get up and like shoot you in the head. Yeah, God, that that's just generally such a good uh, descriptor for Overwatch in general. But it's interesting yeah. to have that that um. That is like your start into this to come from somebody who, like, outside of things like Pokemon, wasn't really, wasn't a gamer, would never have identified as a gamer. And from this, you have founded an esports org. And that is quite yes. a, quite a jump. <laughs> quite, quite a jump, yeah. What, what, what was the genesis? Explain that path to us, please. Um, well, yeah, it was kind of an accident. Um, but so like <laughs> <laughs> just chase oh, one of those man. jigsaw pieces all the way into running a multifaceted esports org yes um well so so like around 2018 right i'm i'm in like low bronze um i'm this zen one trick and i i joined like this gold plat team um as like a bronze support player uh, oh. and i won through zen because i knew i wanted a shot call but i didn't have enough game sense to like know what to call i just knew that zen calls discords so I was just like playing Zen, like target calling, having a good time. Um, and it was like a very mixed bag of experiences because like obviously like presenting, um, like being perceived as feminine, um, there's like a lot of people who will just be really weird. Um, yeah. Like, uh, and so like back when I started, like it was this wild west of like, I had no idea where to go. Um, 
and I, I was not quite sure about my gender back then, but I was like presenting as a as a cis woman at the time, and like that was a crap experience. So like I would like run into teams where people would be like, "You a girl? I don't want a girl on the team." Um, or would make like just like weird sexual comments about like, "Oh, like you want to puppy me in mercy and like suck my dick?" And it's like, no, fuck off. Like, I and like or like I don't know, like turn up to like events and get misgendered and like a lot of organizations they would just be like oh like unless you were recording like we're not going to do anything or like I played on a team where like if I tried to shot call the coach would just like shout over me and be like make me a sandwich uh so like all of those are just like shit experiences right um and eventually like I I played on the scene with someone who was like oh like I'm also involved with like this all women all LGBT organization like do you want to come hang out uh and I came hang- I came to hang out with them uh and the environment was like completely different right and I said I would kind of want to join a team with them because like to me that was like a fantasy right like there's this environment where like no one's gonna misgender me no one's gonna make mm. sexist jokes uh and it's like all like a lot of people like me um and they didn't have any vacancies on their EU teams they were like you know well we, we don't have the ability to to make more of these like EU like women and LGBT people teams because we don't have enough staff like we're really like low on like people willing to manage EU teams and I went <laughs> fine <laughs> I'll give it a go um and like I had no ambitions to be like to be staff or anything like at first like but I like just happened yeah like and then after a while like they were saying like you know they liked me as a manager I was like organized they had spreadsheets um and then the uh so the leader of that or so I was with Andromeda um and I believe the leader I wondered if that was is, Andromeda yeah it, it was Andromeda right um and I think the leader of Andromeda like uh now works in Overwatch League like Bailey um yeah uh, Bailey yeah, yeah. So, so she sat down and like the, the head of the um, EU division, who was like Marzipan, uh, stepped up and replaced her. Um, and I said, like, well, I'd be willing to take Marzipan's place running the EU division. And then like after the NA division kind of like leader stepped down, I said, like, you know, I'd be kind of willing to do both. Like, just, you know, it might be easier to centralize everything. So I ended up running like the EU and the NA like uh, Overwatch divisions for them. Um, and then after a while, it was just sort of like, it'd actually be like a lot easier to have my, like, if I'm going to be running, like, all of these Overwatch teams, it would kind of be, like, easier in a few ways to have my own org. Uh, so I took some of the teams that I was, like, running, and we said, like, you know, like, Andromeda is fantastic. We still want to be, like, a value partner. Um, but the thing with Andromeda was, like, you know, obviously it was, like, all women, all LGBT. And we had a lot of teams that were, say, like, say there used to be, like, a team of, like, six women and then, I don't know, like a main tank quits. And they go like three months without being able to scrim properly because yeah. they can't find like a, a female main tank, right? Um, and a lot of those teams started saying like, well, actually, it might. we still want to have this like inclusive environment. We still want to be like respectful. We still want to really value diversity. But it might be easier if we could say, you know, like we're going to be uh, diverse teams, but we're going to be allowed. Like if we want to pick up like, you know, a, a main tank who is a man, but he's a, like a nice person, he's just like not going to be a dick. Then like we want to be able to do that. Um, and so like, the combination of like, we, we wanted to sort of like, uh, open that up a little bit. And we also like, I personally just was wondering, like running an org, like sucks and it's a ton of work. Is it going to be like easier if I like have my own org and I can like control everything I'm doing? Uh, spoiler, it wasn't, uh, it, was, <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> it was, it was not easier. Um, but I thought like, you know, maybe, maybe that'll be worth it. So like at the point where I was like running all of these teams anyway, it was like, you know, I might as well run an org. So we started Altiora, um, and, and then things got thoroughly out of hand. <laughs> And now yeah. you're on podcasts talking about it. I, I have a question. What what does the the name Altiora mean? Does it just sound cool? I never I never looked it up. 
Oh, um, it's it's Latin. Um, it's a little bit hard to translate. You can translate it as like um, higher things, which sounds like a little bit stuffy. But it's. I also went with Latin for incendious. Now, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Well, the thing about Latin is the, the grammar is like constructed a little bit differently to English. Um, yeah. So, like in Latin, um, if you just take an adjective, uh, the ending of like any word, like kind of just like defines what kind of class of word it is. So you can take an adjective and just like put a plural ending on it and it will just mean like things that this adjective like applies to, right? Like yeah. you could take like, the adjective like green and just put like a plural noun ending on it and you could translate it as like the green things or like something that's green yeah. or like a, a, an object that is that is green in some way or like yeah. the green idea, the green thing, right? Um, and so like... Um, there's this adjective that means like higher or taller or like loftier or whatever. And it's the, it's the noun plural form of that. So it's like, um, okay, you cool. can translate it just literally as like some taller stuff. Right. Or you can go for this very like loftier things, ideas, translation. Yeah. It gives you a lot of ideas, branding wise to go with a Latin name as well. Like, cause you can make it a broader category because mm-hmm. uh, incendium means to set fire to, so we can just be like fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's similar, yeah. The, that's one of the struggles, right? Cause when you have an org with a whole bunch of teams, you can like a lot of these orgs, they'll have themes. So like mm-hmm. there's for instance, like a ton of orgs out there that do like a, a Greek God theme of some kind. And then you'll have teams named like Athena and Zeus and Hera, or sure. you will have like teams out there that are like, themed after animals and you'll have like the lion team and the tiger team and the panther team um and we were looking for a theme that hasn't been done to death which is actually kind of hard it's Um, quite difficult yeah yeah so we ended up with this like theme of like just like taller things right so we have mountains we have skyscrapers we have like sequoia is just a really tall tree yeah yeah that's what i thought was what i couldn't figure the i couldn't figure out the sequoia one remember casting an altura i can't pronounce the word sequoia um, um, <laughs> right. I did, did I? Did I? Okay. Yeah, I, I was like, trying to figure out because I know it's a tree. I know it's a tree, and I, I was, like, the other things didn't quite line up to me. That's thanks for explaining that one. Yeah, at one point, which is like the world's tallest waterfall. Um, and we had a skyscraper, yeah. and then obviously we have like mountain teams like Everest and Kilimanjaro. Oh, I thought it was like all nature stuff at one point. I mean, oh, it but... sort of is. It's a very loose yeah. theme. It's what, a very yeah. loose theme. In nature. There's a lot of tall things. Well, there's a lot of tall things in both nature and in, in not nature. True. Uh, can I ask this um, this tournament, this team that you started playing with, like before mm-hmm. you joined Andromeda and then LTR, what, what was that in, if you don't mind me asking? Like, oh boy, you know, so I think I think the very first team that I was ever involved with was in like um, Overwatch community cup or something it was oh, one okay. of those like fake overwatch leagues where like yeah, all yeah. of the names are like parodies so there was like the dallas fools the houston in-laws the uh philadelphia confusion like that kind of thing oh, okay right I, I i had wondered if that was going to be another outlet connection which we seem to run into all the time here um so to to drag us back a little bit towards our list of questions and, and a thing that you mm. um started like in your story of why Altiora exists um obviously you responded to my request for people in the trans community to come and talk about what that's like for them so you're a fairly forward-facing trans person non-binary person mm. how has that been like outside of that initial um being misgendered and having these sexist comments that you, which obviously is horrific like what has that experience been like for you as a person um, I think it's been a really mixed bag. Um, like like I mentioned, like back when I started, it was this like very 
like wild west because I didn't know people. I had no idea where to go. And especially when you're like down in that ELO, right? Like um, I think up in like uh, tier three, tier two, there's very much like a network and everyone knows everyone. And so you can kind of take that for granted, right? That um, you kind of have a heads up like about like, you're not gonna like get involved with people who are like super, super like transphobic or misogynistic. Like down in plat, right? Like there's just so many teams and nobody knows anyone. And so you just like, you just take your chances, right? Like yeah. you, you roll the dice. Um, and so like, I think like back when I first started was when I had like almost like all of my like worst um, experiences. Uh, and then, well, actually it was a, like personally, that was when I had like all of my worst experiences. Um, but then when I uh, started like uh, being involved with Andromeda, um, I kind of stopped having to deal with that shit in my personal life because obviously like I was very much involved with like, you know, women LGBT teams where I wasn't dealing with that. Um, but then I encountered some of like the most weird stuff uh, during that time because like, obviously Andromeda was like all women, all LGBT and people just have like the worst reactions to that. Like I'd be advertising for like, I don't know, like, hey, like uh, I've got like a woman only, like LGBT only team um, and they need a main tank. Like they're, lo they're looking for players or looking for coaches. And so like, I'd be going on like open discords and just posting like, hey, like I'm looking for this and that and the other. And oh, by the way, it's like women LGBT only. Uh, and people would just like send me like sexual harassment. They se they send me like gore or porn or like, in some cases, like I'd get like banned or shadow banned or blocked from like servers and I'd get people, like I get like messages from people being like, so like, just because I'm a male, I'm not allowed to play on your team. And I'm like, yeah, that, yep. that, is yeah. How, I, I think... that is how all women's teams work. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of all women's teams, mm. right? Because they're like, okay, well, if I'm the better player, I should be on it. Well, the problem is, you know, females don't have as many opportunities, so they're not always going to be as good. You have an all-female team to play on, then they're as good, and they can get picked up to better rosters. Simple as that. And also, they have a safe space if they want to stay on that team. Not hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think it is, like, there's a lot of um, reasons to, like, join or avoid one, right? And, like, I think I completely understand the perspective of, like, some women prefer to just be on mixed rosters because they don't want to be treated differently to anyone else. And, like, I completely understand, like, that perspective as well. Like, it's a very, like, valid perspective. Um, I think it literally is just about, like, when I first came into that environment, I had no idea how to avoid those bad experiences, right? Because you can play on a team for, like, uh, a month um, and have no idea that anybody on it is like misogynistic. And then somebody makes like, I don't know, like an offensive comment and you say like, hey, would you mind not saying that? And then suddenly they launch into this like, I don't know, like terrain of like women are like, hey, what the hell? So like, like uh, it, it can kind of feel like the easiest way to actually just like avoid that is just to say like, right, I'm just not playing with, with cishet men anymore, right? Um, until you get to the point where actually you do feel able to advocate for yourself and you feel able to like vet teams a little bit and, and feel out like okay like this is a mixed gender team is it going to be a horrible experience or is it actually going to be okay yeah it's um there aren't really any good tools for running that kind of like assessment of a person of a team of a, of a community mm. other than it would be handy just to have like it. this like you know like you have like lie detectors like this openly <laughs> like like just be yeah. able to tell if someone's homophobic just fucking yeah. get rid of them and it's like <laughs> it's a like a, it's like a laser machine so like it just once it figures it out it's just like fuck you and kills them <laughs> yeah i mean i was gonna go for some that would be handy wouldn't it but hey you've, you've cut out several middlemen here <laughs> no, that would it's be just a ray gun bro. like if you're not homophobic it just like it's fine but if you're homophobic just like blasts you yeah like love it love it right? uh, maybe not kills them just like shreds their arm or something yeah. 
Or 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 even worse, they'll hit even more. The laser turns them gay in whatever way possible. Like you know, any of the any of the any of the sexualities. They're just like, yeah, it turns them into what they didn't like. They wouldn't like that. And then we have more gays, and that's positive. Let's go. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a good one, but. Right, um, I'm trying to think of a good pivot from <laughs> How do we any other topic. How do we well, no, I, mean, like, I, I could just continue on with, with, the, with the rant I was on if you want me to. I mean, oh, like, yeah. go Sounds on, great. Yeah. Like, go on. Like, like, you know, because, like, the really the funniest thing is, right, like, you'll message these people and you'll say, like, you know, I'm recruiting for a women's team. And they'll say, like, well, you know, like, you mean I'm not allowed to join just because I'm a man? Um, and I'm like, yeah, that, that, that is how women's teams work. Um, and a lot of the time, like a surprising amount of the time, they will turn around and be like, well, you can't just exclude me because I'm a man. That's racist. <laughs> it, please explain to me in small words uh, your logic as to how that's racist. Uh, and they'd be like, oh, because I'm a straight white man, I can't join. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a straight white man and I'm in charge of the thing. <laughs> and then their heads explode right because the concept of like a straight trans man is like just completely new to them like they just can't figure me out like that was just the funniest thing to me like always just the funniest thing to me yeah. um i'd love to be a fly you know, on the wall for that one honestly i i i think this kind of gets slightly towards a, a really interesting conversation that we were having in the in the map five podcast chat in behind the scenes here which is that um you you're a fan of you're a user of neo pronouns and for those i, I, oh, yeah, I, I know our audience it. like our audience is not mm-hmm. a big audience but like for the most part they're, they're pretty good people they know what neo pronouns are what's it like obviously the other aspect of this like talking to you is like oh you know i i like neo pronouns but i also mm-hmm. i'm fine with e, i'm fine with they like mm-hmm. whatever you're comfortable with like how has the experience of like being in that situation where like actually you would prefer neo pronouns even if like you're fine mm-hmm. with the others being in this space like what's been the uptake on that because we know what gamers are like with anything that is even a little bit different so yeah what's that been like um i think it's been again it's been like a real mixed bag um where i think even like and to be clear like i am like telling the truth like i'm fine with he it's not like i really would like like people to use z but i'm like just like settling for he like I'm, i'm fine with he um and I think it's uh, something where there's uh, it actually like it's odd, right? Because there's something where I prefer, or I, I really think like Z and and A and like all of like those neo pronouns like are very like cool. Um, but there's something where like I don't want to um, like inconvenience people. Like a lot of people just be like, hey, I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't feel like comfortable like using it and getting it wrong. Um, and so then when somebody does end up using it, it, it very much um, is like a something that jumps out at people, right? Like it's something that like very obviously like makes you like, oh, hey, like this person's like super something. Um, and that's like, to some extent, like uh, a positive thing about them, because I think like it can very, if you want to like very explicitly be like, hey, like I'm actually... Uh, I'm actually like not just trans, but like I think I have like fundamental problems with like the whole like system of gender or whatever. Uh, then like that's a very clear way to I guess like mark yourself out that way. But at the same time, like it does it, it marks you out, right? And and that's not always a positive thing. Um, I think 
it, it is like a whole a whole mixed bag. Um, like for the most part, I think people are like very very like willing to try and very accepting. But there's a lot of like there's a lot of a thing where like, I think the reason why the non-binary community has like overwhelmingly like settled on they rather than like Z or one of these other gender neutral pronouns is just because like people already use it right, and so it's like a lot easier for people to get used to. And so even people who are really like they want to make the effort, but they're very uncertain about like oh, like how do I pronounce like Z or whatever. Um, and, like I, I don't think there's a wrong way to pronounce Z. Like the entire point of Z is being like hey fuck the system. Yeah. Like you can yeah. pronounce it however you like. I, I think that's really interesting because that is pretty much exactly the response that we had in the in the Map Five Discord of like we want to be respectful, but we we don't know how these work because mm -hmm. for the most part we are old white dudes. Um, and we're not. <laughs> we say not, old. Not... Well, look, uh, look, me, Jeff, and Billy are definitely old. So Ocean's a boomer at heart. So it Ocean's counts. a boomer at heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm um... sorry. <laughs> I think like the it's actually really interesting, right? Because people, I think there's like I guess an assumption when people hear Z that it's like a new thing, right? Like like oh, like this is like something Tumblr invented. But it's actually <laughs> like there's this very very long history of neo pronouns that just goes back to like. Uh, like even like the 1850s i think where like a lot of people like writing magazines or newspapers or novels would just be like hey like i want to have a way in the english language of expressing that like somebody's gender neutral like either that their gender like is somewhere in between like male and female or something else entirely or just that their gender shouldn't matter or that we don't mm. know their gender um and that's been something that like people have been like trying like over and over again to like innovate and a lot of the time, like those attempts to like create a gender neutral pronoun, they'll catch on like in very limited like communities, um, and they won't spread further. So you have like like there's this one I think like anarchist commune somewhere in the U.S. that uses co as a gender neutral pronoun, and co is actually like derived from uh, Indo-European, um, and I think hmm. it means like together, which is like a really cute idea, right? Like this idea of like a pronoun that actually means like, well, you could either interpret it as like well, all genders together, or you could interpret it as like, we're coming together to support like, you know, gender neutrality. It's a really cool pronoun and it's really old. It has its origins like, you know, like a hundred years ago. But uh, if you say it today, people will assume that it's like, oh, this is like a newfangled Tumblr thing. And it's like, no, it's actually, what it is, is it's respecting this aspect of queer history where people for like, you know, years and years have been like, trying to like invent some sort of like gender neutral pronoun that everyone feels comfortable with or that has like a, a beautiful meaning and it's like caught on but not really caught on and then like like people don't hear about it and a decade later somebody tries to invent something else so that's how you get um for instance like uh per is like another gender neutral pronoun um which is actually just short for person which is again like a really cute idea that one really interesting to me uh yeah. you, you were like teaching us so i was like i kind of like that nothing wrong for me but i like the idea of that um, it's, it's so, a really yeah. good idea, right? And it's something yeah, that no, was kind of like it caught on a little bit. It was using like a couple sort of like queer like zines or queer communities, and then it fizzled out. And then you know, like a decade later, somebody invents like Z or something, right? Um, yeah. And like we we very much like I think the majority of the community has settled on they, uh, but actually like that idea of there being like a, a consensus uh, from my understanding of queer history, like that's like the the slightly newer thing is this like I guess. Um, like, to be clear, like, they isn't new at all. They goes back to Shakespeare, right? Um, but, like, the thing where, like, most non-binary people have kind of, like, settled on and agreed on, like, we're all going to use they, like, that is, I, I think, more new, where, like, in the past, you see, like, a lot more, like, experimentation, a lot of more people sort of being, like, oh, like, I don't really, like, especially, like, before the internet, right, when, when queer communities were more fractured and had, like, less communication, and so there was less uh, opportunity, I guess, for 
everyone to come together and agree on one thing. Mm-hmm. So it just turns into like everyone all over the globe is using like all these different ideas. And to me, that that's part of like why I like neo pronouns. It's like just acknowledging some of that that history. Yeah, I I quite like some of the the gender anarchy of like we're just like we're just going to pick this and then that's going to go. We'll find something else new and cool in a little while and then that'll go. And yeah, it feels very thematically appropriate. I was wondering as you were talking through this and thinking back to your experience with, with Overwatch, obviously Ultiora is uh, larger than just Overwatch and you have people to play in in other games, even if like not as, as full teams, just by the virtue of the fact that we're all gamers together. Do you have a feel for how the Overwatch community is compared to other communities with regards to like the respect for the LGBT community and, and, and issues along those lines? Um, I, I want to say I do, but I don't. Um, okay. And I think the reason I don't is because everyone has, like, even people in the same community can have, like, incredibly different experiences. And this is something that, like, I think, like, people realizing this would solve, like, a lot of heartache um, in, like, I guess, like, online discourse. So, for instance, like, there's somebody in my organization where, like, we worked together for, like, months before we actually realized that we came from the same hometown. Like, we grew up within, like, oh. 10 miles of each other. Um but we had completely different experiences with like LGBT acceptance where like one of us was like, like, you know, like the entire place was just like ruled by conservatives and like it was incredibly sexist. And the other person is like, well, like I didn't really have that experience. Um, and that's something that I also experienced with like people who went to the same school where like uh, one person could say like, oh yeah, like I had like tons and tons of like getting bullied because of being LGBT. And somebody else would be like, yeah, like I went to the same school and I didn't like experience that at all. Right. Um, mm. And I think, it's very easy for people online to get very hung up on like, oh, like, well, I didn't experience that harassment. So it's like not real. You've made it up or you're doing something that to deserve it. Um, but the reality is that like, this is something that happens all the time, like in all sorts of areas of life. And people just have like incredibly different experiences, like even when they're sitting right next to each other. Right. Um, and so like, I've talked to lots of other like LGBT people in the Overwatch community who have completely different experiences to me. Like maybe like you talk to some women in Overwatch who are like, you know, like, I, I, this, all of this, like, sexist harassment, it's never happened to me. And then you mm. talk to other women in the Overwatch community who are, like, every single game, I get a rape threat. And it's yeah. like, what's, what's with that, right? And you have to sort of, like, find some kind of framework that enables you to explain that without, like, blaming people and saying, like, oh, like, they're doing something wrong. Um, so I, I, there's a lot of, like, online discourse that ends up feeling like it's trying to rank communities, like, oh, like, Overwatch, like, is it more or less transphobic and toxic than, like, uh, Valorant? Or, like, is EU or NA, like, more toxic? Mm. And it always feels just a little bit like a dick measuring thing, where actually, like, it's very hard to tell, like, which is worse when individual people, like, in the same, like, locations and communities can have such different experiences, whether that's just because of, like, the people that they spend time with, or whether it's because of the way they present, or whether it, like, you know, how others perceive them. Um, Like, there's been, like, studies, um, for instance, like, on how this is like it feels semi-tangential but like there's been studies on how like when somebody is a criminal is like picking like who walking down the street would they target like pickpocket and they talk about how like they will analyze like the way somebody walks like how like their clothes like how they carry themselves but a lot of factors that like it's not like they just like rob whoever's wearing like the richest outfit right a lot of factors that the most of us can't even see about how somebody like walks or carry themselves that makes somebody else pick them out as like oh yeah that's a victim um yeah. and so it's not some, like it's not something that's easy to detect it's not something that's easy to fix like if you are somebody who like continually has these bad experiences like you may not even know like uh why people target you um so 
I, I don't quite know where this is going, but like I, I, I have it's all, like it's all interesting. Like for, yeah. I've heard from some people who say like you know they live into a Valorant lobby and they get instant like you know like death threats or something and they're like oh Valorant's worse than Overwatch and then I go into Valorant and I have like way less like um like random like rape threats from people so like what's with that right and it's probably just like maybe it's like the character I play maybe it's just like how my voice sounds like you don't know why somebody has like uh, targeted you for harassment and it's not that person's fault is the thing. Yeah, I, I feel like it's almost got something to do with the fact that, like, there are X percent of people who are just that kind of awful. And sometimes you can just be unlucky and run into the highest percentage of those awful kinds of people. And sometimes you're lucky and you don't. Uh, I, I think you're probably right to call out the fact that people tend to use that as a metric for saying, like, ah, well, clearly my game is better than your game because we have less people who issue rape threats than your game, which is like, that's actually not a great metric to describe a community, yeah. even if you're using it as a positive. Like, that's that's a really weird metric. That's a really interesting perspective. Thank you. Yeah. And, like, I think, um, like, in some respects, I'm also, like, I guess, like, very privileged because I do just, like, work in Altiora. So, like, these days, um, I feel like I, I, I encounter, like, less and less of, like, that, like, toxicity, right? Um because I'm just a bit of a coward. Like, I, I like my org, I like the people in it. I stay in Altiora and I don't do like a lot of work outside of Altiora. So, and because I don't play like, you know, like high SL ranked, like people don't recognize me in ranked. Like, so it's like, I, I'm not, I, these days, like I encounter like very, very little um, like harassment or, or like problems of any sort, I guess. Like I would never like take that experience and say like, oh, that means that it's not real, that, like, other trans people in esports aren't getting, like, harassed, because, like, I remember what that was like, uh, and, like, it's absolutely real. I just, I'm lucky enough that, like, I can very aggressively, like, curate the people I spend time around, and I don't deal with it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a point, I have a question on this, just just out of curiosity, just something someone, you said, you know, you know you're quite safe with, like, uh, you, know, you know, who you hang out with, etc., and came on this podcast, you know, because Phil issued like an ultimatum to try and have some trans gamers here. Ultimatum? I mean, it was aggressive language. It was, wasn't like, it? That's not what ultimatum yeah. means. But you have to. It was a request. <laughs> I was saying, like, um, yeah. you know, and also like you're on Twitter. I see you on Twitter a lot. Um, do you, mm -hmm. do you feel like do you feel like you have to be like safer with who you interact with on Twitter and also like who you would talk to? In this sort of setting, is is that something that you have to take into account, uh, you know, given your uh, circumstances? Um, honestly, not at the moment. Um, and I think, like, it's partially just, like, I guess, for Altiora, like, I know we catch a lot of flack for, like, being too strict or, like, for being very, like, insular and, like, less, like, I guess, connected to the external Overwatch community. Um, but, like, I, I feel like I haven't actually... I don't quite know like why, um, but I feel like I'm just dealing with like a lot less um, stuff these days, and so it's a lot easier just to like take risks because mm. I feel like if somebody like does like start tweeting something transphobic at me, like I'm just gonna block them and I'm gonna move on, and then like a couple like months down the line, like if they want to like I don't know like enter Pride Cup or something, I'm just gonna be like no fuck off, <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, compare and, your name with the block. I was just curious if if that sort of you know being safer would translate to to mm -hmm. other aspects like social media and stuff. Because uh, yeah, I, like, I think I'm, I'm, just... I'm not from the LGBTQ plus community. I I don't understand. I can't pretend to understand those sort of things. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like, I think, honestly, like, I'm just very lucky in that, like, I, I know, like, I'm sure people are out there talking shit, but, like, no one tells me about it, so, like, why would I care, you know? <laughs> like, so, like, um, like, I, I think, like, I occasionally, like, notice, um, there are definitely stereotypes, like, for instance, like, I, I don't like marriage teams at all, like, over in EU, like, I coach, like, our EU team, um, and I notice like a lot of people will understand that until they hear my voice. And then as soon as they hear like I have like a more higher pitched voice, they assume like, oh, like this is like a manager. Like, where's the coach? And I'm like, fuck off. Um, yeah. like, well, you I, know what? That is, that is actually something that I've I've heard is like a stereotype. Like, you know, if you have a, I guess, I guess like a, yeah, like a, like a lighter pitched voice, like they assume you're a manager. It's a weird stereotype. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times now. And it's interesting that you bring it up. Well, it's like um, any position in the community where it's like completely thankless work, obviously like women do that. And obviously like any position they get spotlight, obviously men do that, right? But like... Yeah, no, uh, I'm just it's... I'm really interested in that because I've heard that a couple of times. Not, I, don't, I, I didn't know if anyone else had like heard that sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it is a project product of like Altior just being like um, very... I think like we we very much are on a system where it's like you get vouched in rather than like um you have to like do something terrible to get banned it's more like you have to like bring something of value to get in and like i think that potentially like protects me from like a lot of uh like just like shitty interactions um but honestly like i i don't know where a lot of it went like um like last year for pride cup we had like some trouble with like some people being weird on twitter like someone like spammed the entry form with a bunch of slurs um this oh, year it's been like, like zilch, like nada, like nothing. I'm like, I, I'm gonna like touch wood like that because like if I say that, somebody's gonna come and put slurs in the Twitch chat. But like, no one's been like weird or mean or homophobic or, or anything. Like, and I, I partially do like attribute that to just like the entire Valtiora is just like, we're just a bunch of trans people who, are, who don't like take any shit anymore and we'll just find you if you breathe wrong. Um, and partially like, I think I'm just lucky that like, I, I don't like have to interact with like a lot of people like that anymore. Heck so yeah. I, I, yeah. I have an interesting jumping off point here because we mm -hmm. we sent you these questions ahead of time so we can get like a, a, give you a chance to do some research and see if there was anything you wanted or didn't want to talk about. You've mentioned quite extensively like how like OTR is, uh, it, it might be unfair to call it a gated community. It's it's a, a curated it community. Is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, fine. It's a gated I don't, community. I don't think we're at all like ashamed of that. Like I think... We, we very much accept that we're a community that, like, isn't for everyone. There's going to be some people who hate us, and, like, that's fine. Like, we're just doing our thing, you know? Yeah. So the question I wanted to ask um, is, on the back of that, how do you come to then have a roster with Decod, IC, Wub, and a bunch of other, like, really well-known <laughs> uh, If you can tell us how that happened, mm -hmm. I think that'd be really interesting. Well, I mean, so when we... When we first... This is, I guess, a bit of a story because, like, when we first like bought into contenders, like when we first went in, um, I think we had a lot of like these very big dreams. We were like, you know, we don't like the way that Path to Pro can be like a little bit of a, it can be a little bit cliquey, it can be a bit of an old boys club, it can be very yeah, much yeah. like about, it can be like who you know rather than like how good you are. Um, and so we have all of these like ambitions, right? About like we're gonna go in, we're gonna like have open trials, so we're gonna have like you know anyone can come and have like a fair shot getting on the team. Um, we're going to try and have like a tier three like academy team that can like develop players like a tier two team we're going to have like you know a fourth four and a four three team like below that that can develop players for the academy team like so it's going to be like a really fair clear like path upwards uh and then none of that happens right because it turns <laughs> it, it turns out that like um 
well, I mean, open trials happened. I mean, I'm quite, I'm happy that it happened, but like, it turns out that like just being in tier two is, is really hard. Um, and we were like, yes, into, like a little bit, yeah, like it turns out we were like, maybe like a little bit naive. Right. Um, and so like, uh, there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff that just like goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot of like negotiation with like, um, maybe like you think that two players, like the best options available, but they don't want to play with each other maybe like um there's a player who's like really really good and is available but like they just like don't want to play this season because they're a bit tired or like there's there's so many things that can that can happen or like you can be getting a roster together and then like a couple of your players get picked up like another team and then you have to start over because like the other players don't want to play unless you have like those players that just left like there's there's a lot that goes into it um and so like i think our first couple seasons of contenders we were actually really really lucky to get like you know the the names we got where it was all very like a little bit like last minute of just like so like the um the the roster that we had with um Deco and IT like they actually came to us like as as six and said like you know like they're already uh, a team like would we would we take them and uh, play like under our name um and we didn't have like uh, a way without that to like build um a roster like we uh our first roster um didn't all want to to stay together uh and we weren't able to like rebuild that in the time we had um partially just because we were like inexperienced in building rosters right so like of course like this was like a very very good option for us we're like you know six amazing players like wanted to play for us um so we said yes but i don't think i can take any credit for like bringing like decod and ic together like it was very much sure. like a yeah and, and i think like um we like learned a lot in that first like few months of contenders about like uh you can go in with like big ideals and whatever but like that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy or that like other people will just like see like the good things you want to do and be like yeah i'm on board with that oh like, shit yeah no. goals, right? <laughs> yeah um i think i think a, a lot of things is that um it's, it's also different region to region right uh, i'm not yeah. correct if i'm correct in saying like you're you're from europe rolling you're from the uk correct i'm, I'm scottish yeah okay so so like sometimes like you'll have like, like a very you know i guess british mindset like for me i have a very very like like global mindset and i, I go to negotiate for projects in north america and they think completely different uh, and that's something that we have, we've had to address with a lot i have a couple of questions just just or or going to or going wise just 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 for fun <laughs> we'll uh, just sit back yeah. it's fine yeah, no, no, no. I just wanted to ask, you know, you know, your Altiora, you, you said one of the, one of the, like, uh, you, what, what are like the primary goals and functions of Altiora? Because you've got a very open community, but you've also got some very competitive projects. So what's the, what's the kind of primary goals of Altiora? Because I think it's really interesting to hear about, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people don't know. I think a lot of people just see that we have a contender team and uh, I think don't necessarily know about um, what else we do. So I think like there's kind of just two main like pillars to Altiora. Um, and you say like we're this very open, inclusive community and we also have like competitive teams. And I guess like one of the big thoughts I had when I was starting it was like I wanted to prove to people that that isn't a contradiction. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who will say like, oh, you know, you can either be nice, you can either have this like like philosophy of trying to be kind to people, trying to be inclusive, uh, or you can be competitive, but you can't do both, right? Like, and we've had like, in Andromeda, like I used to hear a lot of people saying, like, oh, like if you have um, an all women's team, like I don't want to join that. I want to join a competitive team. As though, well, why can't an all women's team be competitive? You know, like, um, why are we assuming that, like, because an all, like, if you have like an all male team, nobody ever looks at that and say, like, oh, you know, like, well, surely, like, 
that's not competitive because if you were just picking up the best player of like every role, then obviously you'd have like an equal like men and women, right? Like no one ever looks at male teams and goes like, that's not competitive. Um, and I think there's also like a lot of, I guess, trade-offs you make in the process of building a team where like, let's say you have somebody who uh, has like a, a history of, of making like inappropriate comments, but they're the best player for the role. Do you pick them up? Right. Or there's a lot of things where it's like, um, I think a lot of people have this perception that like, if you want to make the best team, if you want to make a, a competitive team, you can't be nice. You have to be ruthless. You have to like pick up like, like cishet men who say terrible things. You have, like, you can't like do stuff like, I don't know, like open trials because like you'll, you'll put off good players. You have to be elitist. You have to only look at the best players because if you look at worst players then like the best players won't want to play um and i guess i had this like very very naive like very idealistic thought of like well if we can go and have like this um ideology of just trying to be like super inclusive trying to have like super high standards and be nice to everyone and if we can then in that environment like make competitive teams to win uh doesn't that just feel like people wrong right um and i guess that was that was part of the thought um and then it evolved, it obviously, like, as we grew and as the ideas, like, took shape, it, like, evolved into something, like, a lot bigger, um, where we have, um, I think we're the only organization that has, like, this, at least in the West, that has, like, this whole ladder, right, where we have, like, uh, we have, like, a, a contenders team, and then we also have, like, gold teams, plat teams, like, masters teams, um, and a lot of people are like, hey, what the fuck is the point of that, right, like, like, the gold team doesn't make you money, they don't get you, like, reputation, like, what the fuck is the point of that, um, and I think, like, we always started off with this goal of trying to make esports be more inclusive and I guess like make esports like uh, a, a better place, like in the way that we can. Um, and what kind of occurs to everyone is like, well, everyone wants like more women in like OWL, right? But like you can't have more women in OWL until there's more women in contenders. And you can't yeah. have more women in contenders until there's more women in tier three. And you can't have more women in tier three until there's like more like four, 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 three, four, five teams that are like, you know, like developing uh, female and LGBT players, like, and giving them like those experiences. And so uh, for me, I think we have this, like, on the one hand, like this goal of like trying to promote like inclusion, respect, diversity. Um, and on the other hand, this goal of like being like a really like educational organization that can say to you like, hey, like you've never, I don't know, like coached before in your life, like come coach our plat team. And if that's a good experience and you fit and you realize that you think like coaching is for you, then like maybe we give you a GM team and you coach the GM team and and like try to develop oh, okay. people and try to give people that clear path up. And and for me that goes hand in hand, right? Of like the the development and the educational um aspect. Like I think that's necessary in order to increase like the the diversity and the inclusion. Um so that's that's the goal. And I think it's very easy to like look at us and be like, well, sometimes you don't really like achieve that goal, right? So like at the moment, for instance, um, over in North America, where we want to have this like like ladder of teams that like uh, promotes people and develops people up, um, we had like a masters team and a, a GM team that both sort of like uh, broke up. So at the moment, we have like a diamond team on NA and this huge gap, and then we have our contenders team. Right, the the likelihood of us promoting anyone from the diamond team to the contenders team is like very very low. Right, like that that really like isn't happening. Um, but like it's at the end of the day, like that's what we're trying to to build. Um. And like, as okay. long as the people in the organization feel that it's like a, a safe space where they're like improving and they're they're happy, like I'm happy. Cool, cool. I think it's yeah, no, I like. I wanted to hear because like our, our like primary like thing at Sandy is developing talent across the world and trying to get them to mm -hmm. progress upwards. Not necessarily internally, like externally. Like all of our improvements have been externally, right? You know, as mm -hmm. I was talking earlier in the podcast, just to serve top dragon. A priority, not a priority. A priority broke their wrist and had to retire because of us. Um, a peach and frong, um, that they, they all progressed outside to like bigger uh, Korean organizations. So, 
very you know similar ideas but different ways of achieving them so it was really interesting you know actually hear the primary goal of altiora because we've never heard it straight from yourself before so mm-hmm. that's good that's, that's good that's good news for everyone and everyone can go in and hear that if they want to learn more about altiora and do they might be signing for in the future yeah like it's it's always been, I guess, like trying to develop people. So like we do a lot more than like um, teams. Like for instance, a little while ago, we were doing like casting workshops. Um, we still do a lot of support for casters. Um, so if you're like a baby caster, you've never casted before, uh, you can come along to like our pubs on Saturdays. They get like six viewers. We don't care. The entire point of us producing those is it's basically just like, if you've never casted before, you can come give it a go. And casters can come out and do like experiment with different casting duos, like learn new stuff. And that's like the only reason we have it, right? And then we have like mentorship and we have like these little, we had, um, I think we want to start back again at some point, like these little workshops where people can come and do like, um, like improve on their casting. And so we're trying to, and Pride Cup and the tournaments we run, it's all like for the same goal of like trying to make um, like improvement in, in all aspects, like more accessible um, and more inclusive. Um, and I think it's, we always have like so many projects on the back burner. Like we always have like, there's so many things that like people, I guess like don't see because like we get like 90% of the way there. And then like IRL comes up for somebody. Um, yeah. But like there's this whole, like we have fingers in a lot of pies, right? Because we're trying to do like all of these different things where if we see like an opportunity where we think we can like improve like inclusion or whatever, like we'll just be like, yeah, we'll give that a go. Uh, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Do you cool. have any uh, of those projects that you can share with us? Something that maybe you would like to do in the future or anything that you know, you're kind of excited to maybe maybe one day do for the organization? It's okay. We can do it. Don't, don't, it's okay. Don't it's okay. do what I did and no, make something so I, you don't need to. I, I think I've learned the hard way, right? Is is I used to have projects that were like 99% done and sort of like excitedly hint about them and be like, oh, yeah, we've got big things coming up. And then like a key partner goes to you or somebody pulls funding or like somebody like, you know, IRL comes up and then I look like an ass, right? <laughs> like Fair. we had this thing with like a, a women's tournament. We, we, we really wanted to run like a, a women's tournament um, where we had like potentially like a really huge sponsor lined up. Um, and then obviously like another big women's tournament was announced um, and our sponsor goes to us. Like we, we never heard from the sponsor ah, again. Um, and, and that's been like a few times where like we've had like a maybe huge project um, and like I... Like, for instance, like, sometimes, like, I can't manage everything myself, so we bring somebody to, like, lead it up, people are really excited, and then, you know, real life comes up for that person, the project kind of, like, gathers dust. Like, I, I cannot tell you, like, how many huge, exciting projects are just, like, on the back burner. Um, so there's, I, I am very wary these days of, like, announcing something before it's, like, like done, because it's sure, going sure, no. to curse it into never happening. I was looking more just for ideas, you know, that excite you more oh, than, like, yeah, I mean, actually, like, in, like announcing ideas, anything. Like, yeah, like I mean, I'd love to run. I'd love to run more more tournaments. We've done a couple of tournaments. Like we did Spring Cup. We're doing Pride Cup. Like I'd love to do like women's tournaments or like more inclusive tournaments right. um, in the future. Um, I'd definitely love to do like more of the stuff. Uh, we've had a few sort of like tries of doing like various like educational workshops. Like we tried to do like um, debate clubs and like discussion groups for like potential like coaches to come and like debate about like what is the matter and people who are like learning to coach. Um, That's a cool. And idea. we had like a very brief sort of like coach apprenticeship program where like if you want to be a coach but you've you've never done it before you can come shadow somebody. Um, all of that is like you know a little bit like kind of happening kind of like occasionally like a little bit on the back burner. Um, but we're still like working on all of that like workshopy stuff um, in the background because um, that's really like we want to be I guess like uh, educational and we've also like looked in a little bit into like partnering with like um, schools like trying to like help out um, like for instance like uh, high school like esports clubs we've looked into things like um, 
trying to do like a lot more like lower um SR like like little development programs and boot camps like we've looked into there was a huge thing that I was really passionate about um in terms of trying to do like a little bit like a, a vetting program um so that uh for like something that when I was growing up doing judo uh everyone that I worked with had actually like been uh vetted to like work with young people uh and that's something that is is very much missing from the esports scene at the moment so like yeah. we were working uh, a little bit on like a project to try and uh, make like background checks and stuff like accessible for esports stuff so that you can say like hey like I have like um been like actually like vetted to work with young people and try and make the scene safer um there, there's so much like this kind of like on the back burner right um because there's always like new new fires uh, to put out but... <laughs> that's amazing though it's uh, I, I love your passion uh so it's uh, I'm excited <laughs> to hear about all these ideas and all the all the different pies that Altior has has their fingers in it's I think it's really cool yeah, what I will say, Farine, is um, as and when you have some of these to announce, let us know, and we're happy to plug that as much as we can for our, oh, our yeah. limited reach 100%. here. Uh, more than and also, to. like you're, you're saying, work about you know helping out in casters, literally, like cool talent manager with the agents. Oh, <laughs> fuck <laughs> so. Okay, well, don't I mean, worry, we'll, we'll delete it in post. Can we? Yeah, no, please. Uh, cool talent manager yeah, with her. If, if people want to come and get involved with like the the programs we have for casters, like I'm really like I'm I'm not. That Literally, like, send us a message. We're right here. Yeah, but, no, like um, don't be scared of us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually have one last question on the subject of Altio. I wanted to ask uh, why an egg contenders. Obviously, I think I can guess the reason. Uh, why, well, why not Europe? But why NA over Europe? Because I know Altiora is quite westernized ish, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, it's, it's so why, why NA over Europe? Uh, there's there's a couple reasons. Um, so, uh, one would just be that um, NA was like you know at the time we were looking to to get like a, a contenders team, like NA was sort of like what's available. Um, mm -hmm. One is we've we've always been um, trying to be like a global organization, like we we very much want to be like an equal like NA plus EU. Um, like we always kind of deal with the perception that we were like an EU uh, org. Um, so we thought like if we go into like NA contenders, it will balance out a little bit. We'll feel like you know a more more of a balance of NA and EU. Um, and then also just like um, I think like some of the players that we were able to to get in NA were like a little bit of like a better a better fit for the organization potentially. Hmm. So it you was it was very. It, I think it did a can give three switch, different answers like, and none of them were, was the one I was expecting. What was the one you were gonna guess? Oh, I, I don't know if I could say it on broadcast. Um, what are you? Go ahead. Now I'm curious. No, I'll, I'll message. I'll message in, in live channel in a second. I just don't think you know. Look, realistically, like the. E Let's just say the EU scene has declined, and uh, I only was suspecting that you know it was just a better fit, like financially as well. I assume. I mean, like um, long term financially, not definitely not shorter term. <laughs> we don't make money. Like I, I, I don't oh, think no, we're, we're likely to start making money anytime soon. Um, but no, it, I mean honestly, like if I was to add like another reason, I would say that like at the at the time when uh, we were like buying in, we obviously like were we do have like an EU tier three team. Um, and so I think uh, we, we've never really had like a, a strong um, NA tier three team. Like we've had NA GM teams, but I think um, there was partially a thing where as, as unrealistic as it might be, like I would love to actually like develop like our NA tier three team like towards contenders, right? Um, and so like already having like a slightly stronger like um, EU, like I think um, it made more sense to, to add like a contender yeah, team to okay. 
Okay. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I was surprised by those answers. They're good answers, though. Um, and yeah, I think there's one more topic to kind of. I think one or two more topics. I think there's a, a, a nice segue here, um, like because we've been over the fact that like, the main point of Ultiora is sort of development internally and then onto externally if that's appropriate. Um, mm. On that front, it's been kind of a big year for Ultiora. Maybe not directly, but like looking at the history of the org, because from Ultiora, at some point we have. Uh, Vulcan, Backbone, and Wub all starting in the Overwatch League this year. How's that mm. felt? Even, even if they weren't here for like the long haul on the team, that's got to feel pretty good, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's, I'm absolutely delighted for those players. I think it's fantastic that they um, made it to Overwatch League. Um, but I don't think we can take any sort of like credit um, for that in particular. Like, I think um, there's. Uh, there's a dynamic right now where like North American contenders is like being looked at a lot more because uh, obviously like the change to Overwatch 2, there's new matters, there's also shorter contracts. Um, so teams are like looking at North American players because uh, the visas are a lot easier. Um, and also like, and, and this is like not necessarily a good thing, like teams are being like a lot faster to let go of players. And so like, it's like a lot more players like being uh, picked up to replace those players that get like, you know, abruptly let go. Um, yeah. And so like, I think there's, it's mid-season, like, it's a lot easier for teams to, like, uh, make pickups from, like, NA contenders um, right now. Uh, I think, like, all of the players that we've we've seen, like, go on to, like, Overwatch League, like, I'm absolutely delighted for them. They're, they're fantastic players, and, like, that's why we, you know, like, obviously, like, wanted them to, to like, represent us in the first place. Um, but I think we just, we picked up some very snazzy names who were uh, incredibly mm -hmm. talented. Um, and I think, like, we obviously got, like, you know, fifth to sixth. Uh, finishes with those players and that's in part because of our own like inexperience we were new to contenders um and we often like i think both of the seasons we were in um we got roster sorted like uh kind of like a little bit like later like closer to the deadline for roster lock um and so we didn't give those teams like maybe enough uh, chance to like develop together um but like i think we just we had some like very very snazzy names um and who were like already incredibly talented before they played for us um Okay, I, th I think that's that's a fair assessment, and I think you uh, do yourself quite a quite a service there by being as humble about that as you are. Um, it's a good answer. It's a really good, good answer. answer. It really is. Um, I, 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 guess... I, I think we would love to have that development ladder, right? Like, I would absolutely love to have that ladder where like somebody can join like a, a GM team for us and get given these like clear criteria of like, okay, like you need to do like this, that, and the other to move up to the tier three team. Like, you need to improve on like this to go to like the tier two team, and then like develop players towards towards out. Um, and that is the dream, um, but it's not there yet, right? Like, um, and especially, our, it's been, I think you say, like, it's been a big year, but it's been ups and downs where, like, we got our contender teams on, in NA, um, but then at the same time, like, our GM and master teams in NA, like, like uh, broke up. Um, and so, it's, you know, like, you know we, we have that dream of, like, building that ladder and that development ladder, but, like, it's not quite coming together yet. And I have complete faith that it will come together. Um, I can't pretend that, you know, it, it's a dream, right? And it's a dream that I'm super proud of, but it's not, we're not there yet. We are looking forward to seeing that develop more and more for Ultiora. Surely. We are Firin, at the end of our list of questions, but I feel like this probably wouldn't be a good platform if we didn't give you an option, an opportunity to talk about something you specifically would like to talk about. So if you've got anything you want to bring up here at the end of the show, please have have at the stage. Um, what would I want to talk about? Um, you, you don't have to, maybe the you cool don't have sword to in the background, or yeah, I, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm just <laughs> honest with you. Uh, my wardrobe door won't stay closed, so I just <laughs> leaned the sword against the wardrobe door. <laughs> it wouldn't uh, we, 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 in the middle of streams. 
we, we've all got no. wardrobe swords. We've all we, we've all got a wardrobe that needs that kind of treatment. Yeah, it's very relatable. Oh, yeah. oh, I actually don't have a sword. I should you get a couple of that. You don't you have a wardrobe a sword? sword? I thought. That... Oh. I've got no. I've got. I've got. Well, you know, I just want the sword. Swords are cool. They're like really like interesting weapons. With no, I mean yeah. it's it's partially there because um. So I don't know if you've heard heard of um classes and castles they're a fantastic like organization that does dungeon dragon shows with like esports talent um i'm running a, a show called like the supernatural handbook for humanities heroes or shush um s-h-h-h uh, on there at the moment nice. so like i made my background as as horror spooky D as possible and part of that was the sword um gotcha. but they're, they're fantastic really recommend checking them out um yeah we, we're, we're big fans here of castles and castles yes uh, we I are i think jeff is I, I, up, jeff has been like a supporter from day one and is on a Finally, has his dream come true. He's actually getting on an episode soon. Yes, yes. Oh, awesome! Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Not I, tomorrow, I but like next weapons, Saturday. So, so. Um, that's why I took interest in that. And Phil's weapons been on there a couple yeah, times as well. Yeah, we're big fans of castles and castles around here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, no, they're they're fantastic to work with. Um, I I have no idea what's actually going to to happen in my show because. Uh, uh, a, a vampire told them to go to London and they all were like, right, it's time to hijack three cars and go to New York um, and then fly to London. Um, uh, because nice. a vampire told them to. So, um, yeah, that... I guess we'll all find out what the hell happens there on Monday. Yeah, that's... Uh, sounds like classic mm -hmm. Dean, frankly. It's like, here's, here's what I, the DM, would like to happen, and then we'll go from there and see what happens. Um... Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, do you know what we've uh, we've been highlighted here that we have in fact missed one of the questions. Um, thank you for catching us on that one, Firin. Um What's running an org like? I, I mean, I, I don't desperately need to answer that question, but I think it was on the list, um, so I, I had notes on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I never wanted to run an org. Um, I didn't. Uh, I sort of stumbled into it, right? Um, and I think. Um, it's 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 there's nothing really like it um i think personally my approach is that like i i don't like to ask anyone to do anything that like i'm not willing to, to do myself so like i've kind of just done a little bit of everything in the org like when all the graphic artists are busy i make graphics um like the reason i started out coaching was like uh sometimes like we have like a plat team or a diving team but their coach quits we can't find another one so i, I used to just like fill in and help them stay like focused in scrims or something um like I've, I've managed teams when they need it. Like in tournaments, we've had like casters like drop out last minute, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll fill in. I'll cast." Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> you, you, like at the end of the day, like you end up being like the backstop, right? Like if something isn't done or it's done badly, like you're the one responsible. Um, like it looks bad, so you have to be able to like take responsibility and say like, "Yeah, like I'll I'll do that." Um, so you end up like it's really rewarding. Like I I learned skills that I never thought I would um learn. Like I I never thought like starting out being like that trash at Overwatch, right? Like the idea that I was gonna like coach like an EU like tier three team is like what what the hell? Um <laughs> but then it also like it's like a, a really terrible environment to to learn new skills because like it's in fact I would say like the worst possible environment to learn something new where you don't want to make mistakes and you don't want to fuck up um yeah. and you don't want to step on toes. And like I think a lot of the time, yeah. like if I make a graphic, say like it, it could be really bad. And the worry is like if you're the guy in charge, like maybe people are just going to be polite. They're not going to tell you like how bad it is. Um, and like that was like a huge issue. Like when I started learning to to coach, like when I was like coaching like plat diamond teams, and people would think my opinions were bad. 
Um, but people are shy. They don't want to tell me because they're like, oh, the guy's like the Oregoner. So you have to like set up all these like mechanisms because like no matter like how nice you are to people, some people are always just going to be shy, right? And, and not going to want to speak up. So you set up like, like I don't know, like anonymous like feedback forms and stuff. Um, and like there's, it's it's really hard. Like like in terms of like, uh, you always will be like the rep of your org um, and you'll make mistakes and you'll say stupid shit and you'll do really dumb shit and people will screenshot it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like like learning to manage people is this it's this balance right between if you're doing too much people feel micromanaged um like you're stepping on toes and if you don't provide like enough support people feel like lost and abandoned and like and like you will fuck that up um and so like a lot of the time people DM me and they say like oh like you've run an org like you started an org do you have like uh like advice for, like starting an org and my biggest advice is always like just don't like it's terrible don't do it um, yeah yeah no I, I when Phil answers the question I put in our live channel there is one word and the answer is how. Uh, like it is, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is pretty difficult. I mean, I think my one piece of advice, I just kind of mm -hmm. decided to answer the question as well. I'd be like, don't be afraid to fuck up. I mean, Eli's yeah. worked with me, Eli, another manager in, in the Overwatch. They will tell you, I fuck up like every day. Like, Eli literally, mm -hmm. like, when, when they're like mostly working with us, has to have like a calendar to remind me of shit. Like, I'm not even joking. So that'll be like discussed in like a later episode. But like, yeah. yeah. I don't be oh, no. um, my manages my new team for me has a screenshot of him posting like reminder of something to me uh and then replying to it and saying like hey reminder of the reminder and then replying before i respond <laughs> yeah no and you're always gonna right. have like uh, uh just while we have the topic of you know like you know mm. orcs are challenging like, sometimes you're gonna have like fucking nothing everything's gone wrong like for example like and sending away nothing until 10 days ago and suddenly what since i've actually leaked it we've got two contenders projects for the next season like that mm. just randomly happened like i don't know because i happened to be honest i just yeah. got two messages and we're like yeah let's go <laughs> and i think it can feel like a very almost like sissy first pushing the boulder uphill right we're like you, you build a new team it's almost perfect you're almost ready to do a roster reveal and, and then like, I don't know, like, you're, like one person leaves right and it takes you done. find like you, you find like Three weeks to find like the perfect like new main tank whatever you're about to like enter tournaments to a roster reveal and then like like the support leaves or something it's like uh, like three weeks to find the perfect new support dps like it's and anything like we mentioned earlier like projects that they get like 99 done they get put on the back burner like it's it it can be hell like just in terms of like managing like expectations and like the gap between like your ambitions and what you're actually able to do one must imagine sisyphus happy but i don't think it happens all that often for the poor guy <laughs> I, I think I think it takes a very particular person to be happy yeah, as Sisyphus. Um, uh, do you know what? I swear I had a good transition here, but the Sisyphus thing has just completely knocked that out of my head. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, that's what I was going to say, is as we brought up the subject of Eli, um, we are looking to make Themapalooza basically a three-parter. Uh, I don't mind telling you Eli has volunteered to be one of those people. And the other person is Paddington, friend of the podcast, all round good egg, who has yeah. been watching this and like listening to some of your answers going, oh, they just like me for real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been kind of interesting to watch. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. That Eli episode, just warning you, is going to be fucking carnage. Jesus. I'm all looking forward to I'm, it, but I'm also I'm, not. I'm, 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 I'm very much sorry. We are in trouble. Week, I've got Apex Legends hosting just so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it, like like it's not gonna be a fun experience. It'll be fun, but also not fun experience just because you know they work, they work together. It's already chaotic energy there. Like, 
bruh. <laughs> it's not going to be fun on podcast. I'm sure it will be fun. It's next bike, all right? That, that feels to me like a, a pretty nice place to, to wrap this up. Um, so, Firin, yeah. thank you so much for coming and joining us. It's been super interesting. Really fun to get to know you a little better and to learn more about uh, Ultiora. Uh, where can people find you and the various things that Ultiora are involved with? Uh, I pardon, my hay fever's chosen now to hit. Um, I'm not crying on stream. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, do you find, like, I'm at, um, at Furion-ish. Uh, Furion was taken, so I went for Furion-ish, which, as in similar enough. to Furion. <laughs> um, it's clever. It's, it's an old joke among my friend group of, like, you know, I'm not really Furion. I'm more of, like, a Furion-shaped sort of person, you know? Um, but yeah, so... Uh, do you find me at like um at uh, Furion Ish uh, on on Twitter um and Furion Sunlight on Twitch although I'm rarely streaming anymore uh more importantly you find Altiora like Altiora underscore gaming on Twitter and Twitch um because Altiora is where we put all of the the awesome projects um the only reason to to follow me in particular would be like my show on Castles and Castles I think um and yeah like I mean our I always love like hearing about anything like within the esports community that's just like promoting like uh, women, like LGBT people, um, like people of color, like neurodiverse, disabled people, like all of the sort of like uh, minority groups that like uh, Altiora like tries to to target. Um, so like hit me up about like anything, anything I can help with. Fantastic. We certainly appreciate we'll be, you coming on. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll be sure to steer people your way if if we come across them. Um, I think that is a nice opportunity to transition into our hastily assembled tier two tweet of the week. <laughs> indeed, um, indeed. Which is uh, we are just going to take an opportunity here to plug. Of course, it is the Altiora Community Pride Cup coming tomorrow. So our tier two tweet of the week is going to be the uh, Altiora Gaming tweet. On that, I believe we are just hopefully getting that loaded up quickly. There we go. Yeah, go and check that out happening over the next two days. And for those matches that aren't streamed, they should be available as a VOD after the fact. Don't forget to go and click the handbook link there at the bottom of the tweet that you can find where to donate to the, uh, I believe it was the LGBTQ Freedom Fund. Um, all incredibly good stuff. Uh, Firin, thank you again for joining us. Again, it's been super fun. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for volunteering. Everybody else, thank you for coming to watch. Always nice to see you in chat. Those of you that are regulars here, really appreciate the support. Um, if you don't already, please follow the podcast uh, on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube. Follow all our links. All our nonsense on Twitter is down below the boxes. Thank you to Glitch City for, again, uh, every week, letting us use her remix of the uh, of the Kingsborough theme. I'm sure she has no idea that I thank her every week. Um, <laughs> but I do anyway, because I feel like I should, because she's a good person. I, I, we're uh, not stopping. We're not stopping. It's cooler than us. too cool to like, watch our podcast and know that we're thanking them. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's going to be it from us. We'll see you next week with even more news and etc. from Tier 2 and beyond. Thanks a lot, everybody.